And now the podcast about a group of friends who had never seen Arrested Development and the one podcaster who had no choice but to get them all together. This is Frozen Bananas and Ketchup. Anyang and welcome to another season of Frozen Bananas and Ketchup. This is the podcast where, you know, some people who may not have seen Arrested Development, they think it's finally time to catch up on it, and I'm here to take them on that journey. So I'm your host, John, and joining me as always are my amazing co-hosts, Gio, Charlie, and Peter. Gentlemen, welcome back. Hello. Anyang. Hello. For those who don't care for season one of Arrested Development for some reason, but love season two, and they're just starting with this episode. Let's uh, refresh everybody on our familiarity with the show. So let's start with Peter. Peter, what's your familiarity with Arrested Development? So I had this friend um, that forced me to watch a marathon run of this (laughs) show on Netflix a few years back. Sounds Um, terrible. I only watched... Like the episodes like once during that that whole thing, and again after hours, some of them kind of got erased from my memory or whatever. So this is just a refresher. So I saw a big chunk, um, not all of them. I'm not completely up to date, and like I said, it's been quite a while, and it was only like a one-time viewing. So this is um, like I said a refresher for me. And John was that friend that forced me to watch it. <laughs> Forced isn't even a strong enough word. Like, Peter had no choice, no say in the matter. All right. Uh, Speaking of no say in the matter, Gio, tell us your familiarity with the show prior to this podcast. Didn't watch a marathon with John, but I did. uh, Every so often, you would put on an episode at your house and would watch it. Just, just, I've only watched like a few episodes, so it wasn't like a lot of episodes. So I'm coming into this kind of new, also fresh and new. Very good. Very good. And that brings us to Charles. W. Chuck Noel. Charlie, tell us your familiarity with the show. I'm the newbie. I have never seen Arrested Development and coming in blind. All right. Well, just like Justice, uh, we welcome you and your blindness. And uh, let's jump right on into season two. So episode one of the season was called The One Where Michael Leaves. And oh my goodness, this is a very robust uh, summary compared to normal on IMDb. So let's read it. Michael Bluth denounces his family after George Sr. escapes to Mexico with his secretary Kitty. But when Michael announces plans to move to Phoenix, Barry informs him that he cannot leave California or he will face prosecution for his father's crimes. While Michael scrambles to find the company checkbook, Lucille signs Buster up for the army and Lindsay and Tobias Institute in open marriage. All right, so definitely more robust than usual. So let's Okay, though, so I think we're done here. That sums right, up yep. everything. <laughs> right. Have a good day, everybody. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Let the great season begin. Bye-bye. <laughs> Let's jump right on in. Charlie, what were your thoughts on this episode? Loved it. It was so good. It feels nice to uh, start season two, but definitely got the hype back up there. It was incredibly funny. So, yeah, I know you kept saying, like, wait till season two, wait till season two. And I do believe that this is going to be a very, very funny season. So, yeah, love the episode. All right. Great to hear. Great to hear. And let's see if that carries over to our next host, Gio. What are your thoughts on this one? I loved it. It was great. It was a really good start off to the new season. I'm just excited what's going to be next. I because you keep saying that season two is one of the best seasons. So um, I can't wait to just like get more into it and stuff. All right. I share your enthusiasm. Does Peter, Peter, let's find out. Peter, tell us what you thought. I also enjoyed this episode a lot. There was a lot going on and uh, a lot of funny points. 
and it was good to get back into the swing and look forward to what season two has in store. Absolutely perfect. And yes, definitely a very dense episode with a lot to unpack. So let's unpack. Let's start with Geo. Geo, what's the topic you wanted to discuss regarding this episode? I want to talk about the first funny thing that I saw. I was like, Buster, what are you doing with mother's rape horn? Instead of an inconspicuous <laughs> whistle like that, no one can see as that you can sneakily just like whoo whistle. But this is a huge ass rape horn. Just, <laughs> it's just and to be clear, it's an air horn. <laughs> yeah, it's an it's an air horn. Yeah, and Buster's like, who's gonna, who's gonna assault you or something? No, That's no, he Buster... said like anyone would want to r her. Yeah. <laughs> what do you, What do you mean by r? I didn't get that. <laughs> Arrest? No! Are you serious? <laughs> it was with okay, yes, I got it. I got it. Yeah, I got it. Ah, I, I'm stupid. You know me. <laughs> it takes me a while to get stuff. Yeah. He, he didn't just want like to use Ju- that word. Just like January 6th. Remember January 6th? <laughs> no, what happened then? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it was a, it was the infiltration of the White House or something. <laughs> no, but let's move on. Let's move on. Anyway, we'll give Geo Civics lesson later. Charlie, what did you want to discuss? <laughs> I really like the fact that even during that scene, um, Michael kept getting interrupted by the Ray Porn and then the Blender. You know, just not letting him get the word out but also i really liked the kegel exercises happening between Lindsay and tobias (laughs) and release (laughs) just making sure everyone is you know fit down there (laughs) (laughs) kegels are important apparently and you know they had they had uh the vhs tape to help them get through it i love how like embarrassed tobias was too easy kegeling Gio, we need to start an OnlyFans where you teach people how to kegel. Oh my God, please! That would be great. You could do it it in celebrity voices. Gilbert Gottfried. (laughs) What you need to do right now is exercise your pussy. Uh, Charlie oh, was saying, "Gross." <laughs> right, now that visual in your head. Uh, but yeah, no, definitely a fun scene. Lots, lots going on there. Michael's getting interrupted. The family like isn't really giving him the time of day after all he's done for them. But yeah, let's jump over to Peter. Peter, what's a topic you wanted to bring? I think going off of that, I thought um, in related to the title, the one where Michael leaves, I liked the montage of all the times that he's like, I'm out of here. And how like no one was believing him when he was telling them. And the fact that he was on his way to Phoenix with George Michael and thought that everyone knew that he was gone and like called his mom to like, pretend to be someone else to, to confirm that she didn't think he was there. Dr. Blue Man. And they didn't they didn't know. So he couldn't just go to Phoenix and let it be. He had to turn around, drive all the way back just so to, to confirm with them, let them all know that he, he was leaving. <laughs> that was humorous. And then like later on, I think even Lucille, what did she say? She's like, 
the boy who cried Phoenix, Phoenix or whatever. Yeah. That was, that was funny. How it was kind of running gag, like, you're not really leaving. And then Lindsay was like, maybe you need us more than we need you and all that stuff. I thought that dynamic was was pretty funny throughout. Well, that, that's a good episode. question. Does everybody think Lindsay has a point there? I think he stra- he kind of thrives off of them needing him. And it gives him purpose. That's what I was going to say. So I think he would miss them if they were gone because in a weird, twisted way, it makes him feel like a better person too in general but yeah i would agree with that i think so too i concur (laughs) excellent and geo do you have any more topics for us yes oh help me michael i think my husband might be a rape porn (laughs) that's a part the rape porn goes off when he was about to say it i probably someone already brought that up but i decided to bring it up again you brought up the rape porn last time (laughs) oh help me michael i think my husband like (laughs) yeah i don't i i didn't get a lot of like i didn't bring it up in context and stuff (laughs) about that uh so i also like the part where george michael was sitting on pal's lap just steering the wheel and the (laughs) cops stopped him and it was so weird like, what yeah, like he going? didn't shuffle back over when they got pulled over. He no. just sitting there. <laughs> he just, like stays right there. <laughs> I just like how he had asked him, like, do you think you're too old? He's like, yeah, and they do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I have a quote for later on. Too. A nice little tease there. What kind of quote might Gio have? And we'll be spoiled before then. Let's find out. Uh, Charlie. <laughs> What's your next topic? I liked how, you know, Michael's giving George Michael the speech about family and how, you know, they are just people who, what, like mooch and have the same noses as us, as us. And then Lindsay. Lindsay. Yeah, except Lindsay. Yeah. And he's just like, wait, is she not my aunt? (laughs) He's still harping back on that. (laughs) It's like, no, her nose is fake. But then you go back and he's just like staring at her nose. (laughs) And she notices him staring and she's like (laughs) uncomfortable. She she like brushes her nose like, okay. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, I took a picture of her when she's 14 in a swim cap. She looked like a falcon. (laughs) (laughs) And then I also like that we got Uncle Oscar back and his ass was getting whooped every like (laughs) 10 minutes by police. That one cop loves using that baton. <laughs> yeah, just beating him over the head with it. So it was nice to see him again. It's a downfall <laughs> of being a, a twin of uh, an escaped convict. Imagine, does that happen in real life that they keep, they keep getting the wrong person? Like, I'm not me. I'm, I mean, I'm not them. I'm someone else. I'm the twin brother. I'm sure that does happen. Probably not that frequently or with that much that much excessive force every time you know what it made me realize though i don't know if i'm just late to the party but it finally put two and two together of george senior asking george michael for his hair we discussed this yeah i know but like it actually like clicked when i was watching it Uh, when he took uh, on yong's wig yeah i was just like oh that explains it because he wanted to impersonate his brother like officially clicked (laughs) so yeah it's just a little late to the party but i arrived (laughs) how did did the wig turn from like a white wig to like the brown wig that he had on like the white wig from uh from uncle sam i thought it was like grayish whitish Okay. Yeah, Oscar did not have does not have brown hair. Yeah, I guess it's grayish, brownish sort of. Yeah, I think Oscar came back in a big way, and I think there was a lot of clarification on things that were alluded to in the first season, and were pretty (laughs) like 
pretty much clarified in this start of the second season. I think the narrator even confirmed that Lucille and Oscar had a relationship years earlier, which we knew there was some weird dynamic between them. But I mean, that confirmation of an actual thing between them was noted. And then also the similarities between Buster and Oscar may be the result of that. And that was hinted to, I think, again, in season one, there was a lot of like massaging and they were mimicking each other. Like, oh, is that a family similarity? But then this episode, it was a kind of a lot more pointed at with like when he was first falsely arrested and Buster comes into the police station. He's like, oh, they said my father was here. And then Oscar's like, they did. And <laughs> the, the, the touching music. Mentioning Buster's needing a father figure. <laughs> and then when they were at home, he was like combing his hair. And he's like, you should let your hair grow long. He's like, yeah, I thought about it. I guess I'd look like you. And then he's like, more than you'll ever know. And he like looks at <laughs> Lucille. It's like, it's pretty pointed that he potentially is the father of Buster. And I, I like how he, uh, that one little shot of Buster, like putting his uh, Oscar's hair on his head. Yeah. So gross. Like, <laughs> gross me out. And looking in the mirror, the giggling. But yeah, no, the show, like it, they lay it on thick, like a, like a Lifetime movie would, like with the where they're saying they're not so subtle lines with the touching family music. It works. It's funny. Gio, let's hear that quote that you've been hiding okay. from us. Oh, no, no. I'm not in the group yet. I'm afraid I just blew myself. There's got to be another way to say that. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, yes. <laughs> Tobias has gotten an interest in the Blue Man group. He thought it was a the support, support group. group. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he kind of, I guess we're kind of jumping around, but yeah, he joined it because he was, he was sad that Lindsay was looking at opening up their relationship, which he originally suggested, but then she kind of jumped on it immediately and it made him sad. And then apparently he didn't hear of the Blue Man group and saw the world's ugliest Blue Man group flyer <laughs> and, and then went and gained the obsession. I liked when Michael came home and he was like, you see like smudges of blue paint like on the wall and on the faucet or whatever and then and it reveals him all painted in blue like what are you crazy what are you blue <laughs> <laughs> then he comes in and he starts touching michael's shirt he busts a hole through the wall and his head pops out out of nowhere like what are you what are you crazy i love that part <laughs> are you blue only in color michael <laughs> I was going to say, I thought Tobias had cat-like reflexes. He's showing off his cat-like reflexes by clumsily falling down all over the place. And then he was talking to Lindsay in the bedroom, and he fell off the cupboard. Swinging his feet on the bed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in their newly acquired master bedroom, um, they were previously sleeping in twin beds. But when Michael <laughs> left, they, they took over the master bedroom on his urging because kind of making fun of their uh, their relationship issues, which I thought it was funny when Michael was kind of confronting them about that. And he was basically saying that Lindsay had concerns that her husband was gay. And before he could say gay, Tobias used, the I guess, the rape horn to like sound off to kind of stop him from actually saying it out loud. Yeah, and that was the point. There you go. That's a text. The context. He said it with the context. Yeah. And that makes it better. <laughs> yeah. And just in general, when another funny quote that kind of was related to that is when they were in 
the bedroom or whatever. They they were very awkward between Lindsay and Tobias. And then he's um, they were like, oh, talking about how it was nice not to be in twin beds anymore. And Tobias is like, it's nice to be back in a queen, which <laughs> is a reference to the size of the bed, but also could be, again, potentially addressing his underlying questions of uh, if he's a homosexual or not. <laughs> which which also occurred with Barry as well, who was back. I thought it was interesting. He had like a sore on his forehead, which I'm not sure was a reference to AIDS. I'm not sure I thought about that. I think it's just a general STD that he's gotten probably. But he did another thing similar. Does this look contagious? Does it look contagious? <laughs> and then he touches George Michael, which is similar to season one when, when he like kissed Michael. Michael and then it was like, oh, it's got to stay away from me. I, I'm just like burning rash or whatever. Like, no <laughs> oh, I like how uh, how Barry ended up in, in prison as well, but it mimicked uh, George Sr.'s time in prison. He's like, I'm having the best time. <laughs> The time of yeah. my life. No touching. He's just like, ooh. <laughs> I, I like that we have some new people being introduced, like Ed Helms' character, cameo. Exciting new character. Yeah, he was uh, expecting multiples on that. But yeah, Ed Helms as the uh, real estate agent who Lindsay mistakes as uh, someone yeah. flirting with her. Yeah, exactly. that was a fun day. Is he like, do we think he's a new character or is it just going to be like this one time? I thing? think it's going to be this one time thing, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it was a fun cameo. That was a funny cameo. I don't know. Like, he just like kind of walks in, but that was the. He was the person that Lindsay all of a sudden was supposedly having a date with. No sooner does um, Tobias suggest having an open relationship after clearly stating to her that all of his past patients that tried it. It didn't work, but um, they were deluded in thinking that it might work for them. And he's like, hey, but it might work for us. And then immediately wanted to have a family meeting to tell their daughter that <laughs> yeah. they were going to start having open relationship. <laughs> and like, she literally runs into the realtor like going down the stairs. And he thinks that she's talking about her open situation is like looking for an open house and selling things. So he invites her to an open house and she thinks it's a date which really backfires on her as well. That was a pretty funny situation. I love when they're uh, at the meeting and like Lindsay reveals to Tobias that she met somebody and he just has to like keep on a brave face. And he says, let the great experiment begin loudly too. Yes. <laughs> it's a great quote that you can repurpose all the time. And it was just funny when she goes to the open house thinking it's a date and he's like, Oh, just so you know, I'm expecting multiples on this one. And again, from his perspective, multiple potential buyers and her perspective, she was expecting like, she was going Group to be sex. like entering in an orgy <laughs> and then she like gets nervous and back um, back tries to back out of it while she's in the shower preparing only to run into a family. That was, again, pretty funny. I love how calm that family was and how they just watched somebody take a shower without like, like they watched her get out of the shower and wait. Like, right. <laughs> there was no like, um, what are you doing? Maybe we shouldn't go into this bathroom that has so literally running shower going. For some reason, for me, what? it seems like it's something that Tobias would have gotten done. Like, uh, because he always gets himself into situations where he's not supposed to, and he thinks something that when it isn't. So I thought I, I thought it was like a Tobias thing for her to do that. I like how there was a secondary situation with the literal doctor and how he was just like, 
you look so hot. And she's like, oh, thank you. And she ended up having like a fever of like 104 or something. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That was the second literal thing when, because when they, Tobias ends up getting um, on his way back to the theater at dusk, he ends up getting hit by Barry, which is what leads to why he, Barry ends up in jail because he presses charges. But Tobias was obviously painted blue, so the doctor comes up and he's like, he looks dead. And everyone overacts, but Michael's like, okay, what do you mean? He looks dead. And he's like, he looks dead because he's painted blue. And it's just like, oh. And Lucille, even when she saw him, she's like, oh, this guy again. That was pretty funny. And what did you think of uh, Job's reaction? Like, Job's crying, like, he's trying to cry. He's like, the tears just start coming. The tears just start coming. (laughs) (laughs) I want that cookie spray that the realtor had. I want to make my room smell like cookies. Oh, yeah. What do you think Lindsay thought he was talking about when he said, I need to make the kitchen smell like cookies? No idea, because I don't (laughs) know what else you can interpret that to. Like, she (laughs) thought it was some kind of euphemism because she seemed confused. <laughs> Maybe she was just Maybe. thought it was this new orgy thing that cause she's been out of the dating loop for a while. <laughs> and the kids got disappointed too because it just smelled like cookies. No actual cookies for them. Yeah. That's a tease having a cookie spray. Like make cookies, damn. Yeah, I've been to open houses where they had cookies. Uh, let's see. We haven't really talked too much about Job's uh, promotion yet. What did everybody think about Job becoming the president of the Bluth Company? <laughs> oh, man. He was, like, causing a ruckus, making holes in the wall. And then that that's where he found out about the... I don't know if it's too soon to say that. Talk about the... Well, it was in this episode, so... Okay, and yeah, where he finds the suitcase with Saddam Hussein's signature about the house. Yeah, half in English, half in Scribbly. Yeah, half half in Scribbly. (laughs) Yeah, the racism was still, like, you know... Oh, man. Still there in this episode. (laughs) Yeah. So, and it's not like Job just happened to come across... Like, it was all by accident. He was punching holes in the wall because he was playing pool in a room that was too small for it. So, he just kept on making more and more damage costing the company more and more money so that was funny and then he just kind of came across this case that was hidden inside the wall which he quick quickly loses at the hospital (laughs) he gets consoled by who he thought was his uncle oscar but turns out to be senior in disguise i liked the line that he that fake oscar that was really george senior said when he was leaving he's like well i guess you don't need this piece of shit uncle around anymore (laughs) but uh backtracking a little bit uh when michael tells job that he can't just be president it needs to be approved by the board and then job explains that the board uh accepted his uh his magic trick it is probably his uh best received magic trick of the series so far it was a cool trick (laughs) this hundred hundred dollars into a hundred pennies (laughs) you've only cost the company 99 dollars so far Oh, and I like everyone just scrambling to grab the pennies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. The, the board is entertained by the slightest things. They're entertained by pennies. In season one, they were entertained by whistles. <laughs> <laughs> Does anybody have anything else they wanted to bring up? Like I said, this is a dense episode, so a lot going on. I did laugh when Anyang said... Um, I'll play Uncle Sam. It's better than the guy who orders the strike on Pearl Harbor. <laughs> Before, yeah, because that was his role in the school get out and vote assembly, which I don't understand why a high school would have a get out and vote assembly because everybody yeah. in the high school is not old enough to vote. 
but it was a, a role abandoned by George Michael when he had to go to Phoenix, which was unfortunate because, as maybe calls his girlfriend, not girlfriend, Bland, she was looking forward to him playing that part during the assembly. I also thought it was funny when maybe his, <laughs> they referenced that Anne was like, under her picture in the, in the yearbook, it said, not pictured. <laughs> Yeah. Just like, dull this girl is. Man, I wish you hadn't said Phoenix. <laughs> also, wow, okay. <laughs> Sorry for that one. No, also, how how was Barry not going to tell Michael that he was gonna be indicted until Michael brought up he was going to Phoenix? I still don't understand the, the whole dynamics of oh your father's escaped, so next best thing, they're gonna indict you tomorrow just because they can't find your dad. That whole dynamics I'm like that doesn't really make sense to me. And then all he needed was to like pay bail money, which is what led him to ch- kind of chase after the company checkbook, which he, because he quit, he no longer had. Well, I know, um, what was that company? Like, I, I think, and I could be like fudging facts here, but like Enron and stuff, they like hired like new presidents and stuff who were like patsies and they had to like take the fall. Um, so I know like, there is like precedent for that happening in business where like new people do have to like, do they do get uh, in legal trouble for past instances the company's done? Again, I could be fudging that a little bit. Other things that I noted and believe a cameo by a documentary film maker Michael Moore was that in was this not episode? Michael Moore. Oh, no? it was, it was yeah. They asked him to do it and he said no because he thought like like it would ruin the show if he was in it. And then he, now he actually regrets doing it because they found someone who looked like him anyway. So he said he might as well have done it. Yeah, because it fooled me. Also, Lucille gave the two creepiest winks in this episode. Oh, yeah. It was so disconcerting. <laughs> the jury's going to love that. She was staring to be secretive. <laughs> like, oh, I'm not going to tell anyone. Wink, wink. It looked like she was having a stroke. <laughs> Too much of a big shot to brush your mother's hair. <laughs> I think just in general, the... When Michael actually breaks down and actually admits he needs his family's help because of like needing the checkbook and stuff. And then that's when everyone, the entire family, like breaks down and like tells him that they need him, um, which made him feel good again and all that stuff. So that was a interesting dynamic as well. Yeah, I know. I was going to say that now that Michael's back, Tobias and Lindsay are going to have to go back to two twin beds. I'm sure they're going to be so disappointed. Yeah, I think they'll be all right. <laughs> yeah. And I think I'm not going to mention the details, but there was a spoiler for future yes. um, stuff in this yes, as were. well. Yes, there was. There are a few, but I, I know the one you're specifically referencing. But lots of good setups in this episode as well. I thought it was funny that George Sr. at the very beginning, they showed use the stair car as part of his original escape from the hospital. That was humorous you're gonna get some hop-ons so let's jump to our frozen bananas this is where we rate the episode one to ten let's begin with peter peter what do you got for us uh, like i said i really enjoyed this episode i thought it was a good kickoff for season two and kind of remembering different aspects and celebrating different aspects of season one but also making me look forward to what potentially is going to happen in season two so i am going to make this nine frozen bananas all right very good 
All right, let's jump over to Giovanni. Gio, what do you give this episode? I'm also going to give this one of my highest scores that I've done so far. I think it's nine bananas. Previous episode, I gave it an 8.9 or something like that. This is nine, so this is better. It is certainly better. And Charles W. Chuck Noel, what do you got for us? I am also giving this bad boy nine. It was very much enjoyable. Got a lot of giggles, uh, good giggles out of me. And uh, yeah, I'm very excited for, for season two. All right. Well, we're going to have a solid nine all around for this one, because that's what I came in wanting to give this episode as well. So yeah, no, definitely a fun start to the season. Uh, a very dense episode with lots, lots going on, lots of setups, lots of future payoffs. So it, it's a good episode to come back to later on and make you appreciate it even more. So yeah, no, this has been a fun start to the season and I look forward to experiencing the rest of this with you. All right, let the great experience begin. <laughs> All right, everybody, this has been fun and I look forward to uh, coming back next week. Until then, Anyang. Bye. Anyang. So long. Another goal for Vegas, 7-1. to one. I think they're going to win the cup, Peter. Exciting.